Hello again, Rachel. Hi, Andrew. I think there's something up there. What are we dealing with today? This is a uh, uh, season one, episode four, uh, entitled Conduit. Uh, we're dealing with more alien shenanigans, kind of a return to form after Squeeze. Mm-hmm. Kind of wonder if uh, that's not if that wasn't like an artistic intent. Like, a, it's like, oh man, people want to see aliens; they don't want to see these weirdo monsters. Or if it's yeah. just how it kind of happened. Yeah, bright lights, kind of like beef the, jerky. <laughs> the whole reenactment of Mulder's experience, kind of. Yeah, this is really kind of a uh, a big thesis of the X Files kind mm-hmm. of episode where. You know, you you get the lines. You know, the the truth is out there, and I want to believe. Yeah. You know, he's he's definitely he he feels a closeness with this particular case. Yeah, there's a lot of closeness uh, for this one. Yeah, there is a lot of closeness with this one. I mean, he's seeing parallels to his sister, which I mean, this is kind of I mean, as of right now, where we are in this, this is kind of the thesis of the X Files is his is Mulder's search for his sister. Yeah. And the terror of a mom having one of their kids abducted mm-hmm. and jumping out of the RV and not being able to find not her knowing. daughter, what's happening in this big bright light, just very reminiscent of of Mulder's experience. Yeah. So the, the little brother, kind of all the attention is put on him. He's also been changed somehow. I was going to say that all the attention would be on you too if you were an eight-year-old who's writing down a binary code yeah right and has that look in his eye (laughs) a thousand yard stares let me tell you right now i hate child actors Uh, (laughs) you freak you out (laughs) no he's just not well uh, uh, speaking to the the quality of the whole episode it feels a little bit underacted Mm. did you get that impression is it just me yeah, I, I felt like David Duchovny wasn't bringing his best when they were interviewing that girl, Tessa, in the mm. interrogation room. I'm like, she is very not here. Mm. She is like, I'm on the X-Files. I'm, I want to be doing a different show. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the friend, right? Right. Yeah. The yeah, friend yeah. that they yeah, go the talk to they and get information yeah. Yeah, yeah. at the library. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That brings up another point that I wanted to make. If that librarian hadn't dropped that book, how much longer was she going to talk to? Yeah, how Mulder much more information were they going to get? That was very annoying. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's <laughs> hello, like, librarian. We don't drop books in the library. <laughs> it's like that for every single of course occasion like that, where somebody's of- like having a meeting in like a library or like a, a you know a place, and it's all clandestine, and then mm. somebody drives by, you know, the car the car wheel screeches in the um parking lot the parking structure you know somebody drops a book in the library and all of a sudden the other party's gone yeah you know what i mean yeah it's like a, it's yeah they're, they're, it's like batman you know <laughs> exactly turn around he's gone yeah exactly yeah you don't uh take your eyes off of him for a second no so what um what do you know about binary code because i was looking it up because i don't know a lot at all well, binary codes like kind of the building blocks of uh, compute, compu- computation, computing in mm-hmm. general. Yeah, uh, it's like um, the agent uh, that they took the code was saying it's um, the build. It's sort of any any information can be rendered in ones and zeros. All mm-hmm. of this stuff right here, all of my computer things, all of these are just ones and zeros that have been decoded. Yeah, into 
uh, images and sound. Okay. Yeah. Right now, right now, our voice is going through my audio interface, mm-hmm. and the audio. Uh, so this is what's called a DAC, a digital to audio converter. Yeah. Uh, or dig- digital to analog. Mm-hmm. Or, or in this case, it would be kind of an analog to digital because it's going in from the microphones into um, Adobe Audition, and it's being encoded as ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. But um, just because of the nature of the Windows operating system, it decodes those ones and zeros in a visual format that sort of lets us see visually. So there's there's my sound signature. You know, there's I've got other things on my other monitor. All yeah. of that's ones and zeros that somebody else recorded to. So that's all binary really is. Which is kind of insane. It is insane if you think about it. How much information between those two numbers. Especially, I've thought about telephone numbers a lot and how like how many telephone numbers you can get by having just that seven digits plus an area code. Yeah. And it kind of gets my mind spinning. Well, here's, here's a little bit of a mind freak for you, but... Um, you remember old landlines? Oh yeah. <laughs> Do it I? seems like everybody... Okay, there's a lot of really good, like really bulky brick telephones. Oh, uh, so... landlines mm-hmm. in this show, of course. Yeah. They're great. Uh, the the, <laughs> uh, the old '94 cordless phones. Yeah. Which are which are not much better than the cell phone bricks. Yep. But um, no, so so the if you remember old landlines, um, they. The, so you'd pick up the line and you'd dial and then that would you'd get you'd get the number that you were intending to call. Yeah. Uh, well, this is obviously, you know, decades after the old operator system where you just called the operator and they would connect you. They mm-hmm. would connect you at the switchboard. You know, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of old ladies smoking in the back of a, <laughs> you know, a back room somewhere just, you know, put plugging, you know, cables into pegs. But uh, the whole the whole concept of a, a landline was that the the tone when you press the button, it's not just audit- audible confirmation that you were pressing a button. Each tone was um, each each tone was its own thing. And it would be it would send that tone to the operator and, and uh, mm-hmm. through the receiver and it w- would sort of that's how it would know where to call, like how to place the call. Mm-hmm. And there was this old the combination tech- of tones. Exactly. The combination of tones. And so there was this old method or it's a, I mean, it's obviously not um, usable now because cell phone dialing is so much different, mm. um, but it was called. Of yeah. And, and, and of course now we have digital landlines. If anybody's got any, either even has a landline anymore. But when you have to like fill out surveys or I don't know anything online and it's uh-huh. asking home for phone, a home, work I'm phone, always cell like, phone. It's does like, anybody fill this out? Yeah, Honestly, really. <laughs> but um, so so there used to be an old uh, technique called phone freaking, where you could um, not phone pranking. No phone freaking. Phone, phone freaking. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll show you, I'll show you some, I'll show you some real life examples. Um, but they, they would play those tones into their phone receiver and that would, that would basically trick it into dialing. Mm -hmm. And so you could get like collect calls for free, you know, you could get long distance calls for free, you know, phone freaking was used for a lot of different, 
for a lot of different things, but it's just kind of that weird old analog structure that's not there anymore. And I've, we've gone on a huge tangent for no real reason. It's kind of fun. But well, I wanted to circle back to the binary code before we move right. away from it because it's all over this episode. And then we have that scene where they come into the um, the boy's house. Yes, and there's multiple um doc they're just pages and multiple pages pages of this binary code all set side by side yeah making one huge square and then they're able to see an image from the mm-hmm. top of the staircase the mosaic of uh the lost yeah. daughter who's been abducted um i wanted to kind of gain some more insight but um i learned that this man named Gottfried Leibniz, I'm going to get his German name kind of mm-hmm. wrong, in the 1600s, he was the one who invented the binary code. Oh, interesting. During the Enlightenment. Yeah, yeah. So he was really prominent polymath uh, philosopher, and he kind of held this belief that um, binary numbers were symbolic of the Christian idea of creation ex nihilo. There's a lot of theories that sort of um, state that math is proof that God's, God exists. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I just thought that was a cool point to this like whole jumping kind of back into the alien territory because creation ex nihilo is the idea that matter doesn't exist on its own, mm-hmm. but is created by God or by some creator at this cosmic time or there's the cosmological argument for it. So um, dealing with whether or not aliens exist or not Mm -hmm. and then encountering binary code in this kid, like (laughs) tapping into that is all very interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, imagine a a human being being able to decipher or or sort of convert binary code, you know, I mean, he's obviously getting his uh, information just from the television static you know, and somehow he's in his brain is interpreting all of these things. Right. But yeah, I mean, we get the, we get our, our fabulous, uh, you know, mystery agents from the NSA mm-hmm. who, uh, sort of bust down their door. And this is honestly, you know, I mean, pardon my French, but, uh, Scully really, uh, fudges this one up. kind of does. Yeah. It creates a lot of trouble for, for this family and for Mulder at, at large letting her uh letting the nsa agents know where the code came from yep she's like this these are the nsa we mm-hmm. have to do what they say and yeah. Mulder is not concerned with yeah. that at all well skull yeah and scully's still uh entrenched in her ideology that the government would not do her do so, wrong yeah so here's the thing i feel like their her ideology coming up against or rubbing up against Mulder's. like there was a scene where He's just trying to um, uncover the rubble and is trying to see if this maybe is where Ruby's body is. Yeah. Or, and she's freaking out because she's like, you're disturbing a crime scene. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I need to know. Yeah. And there's this like, he's obsessed with his ideal over here, what he thinks yeah. should be there. And she's obsessed with hers. Yeah. But she's more law abiding. Um, she plays it by the books. This is all a procedural. Yeah. You know? And sometimes I feel like that anchor works well. Like, it's like if... Can you imagine if Scully was as crazy as Mulder with so easily breaking yeah. rules? Yeah. You know, but then I agree at the same time that I think she completely um, screws this one over. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because but, of her choices to, yeah. to follow the rules, essentially. But we need that dynamic of, you know, the 
you know, the ship who's willing to travel the strange places and the anchor who yeah, stops us. That's what makes time. them a good team, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously they change, they mm-hmm. will change. Yeah. Um, and they are changing. They're rubbing off on each other. Yeah. But they're a good match for this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You gotta have those yeah. those things that balance each other out. You do. Um, yeah, it's it's all about balance, you know, and unfortunately they you know, Scully dropped anchor a little early on this one. Kind of jumped the gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. It's a loss. And I don't think you get as many episodes as you would expect that are this emotionally or psychologically charged for Mulder when it comes to his sister. No, you, know, you don't. Like he's seeing his sister in Ruby. Mm-hmm. He's seeing his trauma through this family's trauma all over again. Yeah. And so even that moment of obsession, I need to know is very charged with that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for all he knows, this could be Ruby's grave. Yeah. I mean, it kind of stays on the back burner for a lot of the episodes. You're like, Oh yeah, we know this about Mulder, but that's always what's driving him. And that's actually what I was thinking a lot about when watching this episode is I was thinking like, I wonder how many, people have experienced like in real time how many people have had certain kind of trauma in their life or experiences that are so have such an imprint on them and then work in a line you know have some kind of work some job some career that feels so attached to that Mm. that is honestly one of the most significant things about him um and drives him constantly you know, because I think for a lot of us, we check our personal lives at the door, we go to work and we come back or, you know, yeah. it's not that it doesn't affect us, but I just, they don't overlap as much. And for him, it's like, this is a way to like work through his whole life or work through his trauma with his sister is to find the yeah. truth. Well, it's, it's like we were talking about, uh, this afternoon, you know, I was, I was talking to you about all of the audio, visual, audio, visual equipment yeah. I have in my own house. I was thinking about that too. Yeah. And it's like it's a chicken and egg situation Mm -hmm. because I have all of this audio visual equipment because that's the field that I work in. But you know, am I drawn to that field by my proclivity for audio visual, you know, production entertainment? I mean, obviously we're recording a podcast, you know, and we're using, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, these are, you know, professional or at least prosumer, it's prosumer quality equipment. You know, sure. I mean, it's not like we're recording USB microphones uh, or anything like that. Um, uh, all, all of the video gear that I have and stuff. Um, and then, I mean, you, you were used to work in coffee so much, you know, you've got all you know, your little cabinet <laughs> filled with coffee accessories got, and got stuff all and things. for sure. And, you know, it, it you kind of wonder, you know, I mean, is Mulder, did Mulder join the FBI because he was so obsessed with finding the truth or sure. did he just join the FBI and that gave him an avenue to find the truth right. in a way that he might not have been able to if he took a civilian job? Yeah. I almost feel like the latter is more common. Yeah. Because he would have, I mean, if he were the manager of a grocery store, he would not be <laughs> looking so ardently for his sure. sister. When it gives you that kind of, yeah, like you said, that you avenue, know. that opportunity. Yeah. Um, Cause for most people i think when we're our healthy selves like we are looking for meaning and purpose yeah and we are trying to give what we can give so yeah like he's doing his best mm-hmm. and he happened to be in a line of work we don't know how he got there but whatever it may be he's yeah. able to use this channel to 
search for that truth that is deeply connected to his like healing his trauma his uh sense of life itself like you you can imagine that what like what if he wasn't working this job Mm -hmm. oh my gosh like he needs to he needs to reconcile with this so well he yeah he can't begin to heal until he knows what's happened to his sister yeah i mean you can you can see unhealthy behavior in him throughout the show right and there's a good bit of it kind of rearing its head in this one just with his like quick yeah well it's too close to yeah it's too close to home for him yeah you know this is yeah i mean this is he's in it i mean this is happening again from his perspective yeah all the signs are there so i think um when they're in the hospital with ruby after they found her and that's a really tense scene with the mom not wanting her to share any information not wanting her daughter to talk um and almost there being this like you know she's trying to protect her daughter but also she is experiencing her own fear yeah of okay this my daughter just experienced something traumatic um and she doesn't need to talk don't let her talk like no that you need to leave yeah and then Mulder again i think is kind of projecting everything onto this mm-hmm. situation and he's also speaking from a place of wisdom mm-hmm. but says something about how she should be encouraged to tell her story yeah and that it's inside of her and it needs to come out and i thought that was really like a powerful scene yeah it absolutely is true it, it's very true yeah, yeah and it's very wise what he's saying but of course for the mom she's just feeling attacked and she's like leave us alone yeah well so. i mean they both they both have perspective on the situation mm-hmm. Mulder, because he had it to happen to him and he you know needed to get it out there and he has all of these memories and we can tell from later in the episode, he's gone through this uh, regression hypnosis yeah. to sort of uncover these memories. Right. Uh, but this lady, she all of her life has been subject to ridicule because she's always, you know, been the kind of the the um, boy who cried wolf, mm. as it were. the The idea that she has always been, you know, talking crazy nonsense, as the sheriff kind of yeah. makes kind of leads you to believe, right. You know, right. and so she's seeing that and she doesn't want that. She's got her daughter back. She doesn't want that for her. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's a hard situation to say who is f- factually right. Sure. Who whose whose ideology needs to actually win out? Who's actually correct in this in this instance? In some ways, I feel like it's like, I mean, I don't want to project too much of my opinion on this, but it's like, you know, I, I feel for the mom as well. And I feel like it's timing. Yeah, it's like she might just need they might all need some time yeah um but Mulder is making a good point that ruby's going to remember mm-hmm. and she's gonna have to work through it and so even though this moment of like us you know so to speak interrogating her and bringing all this pain into her life in this moment when she's trying to recover physically much less anything else is maybe not the best <laughs> no. but but if the mom can't recognize that her daughter is going to need that and you know yeah well she's going to need that lifeline and you know i mean yeah where we are in uh the show at large we're a little bit farther along uh than this episode and are just sto- in our standard watching but uh we, but we are watching these episodes directly before we record we are, which yes. is really wonderful yeah absolutely but as as of right now in our x-files watching travels um she 
they haven't come back. Right. Ruby hasn't come back to be like, I need to talk about this. Yeah. So she might never come back. You know, I mean, it's uh, as of right now, it's just kind of hard to say. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, some reoccurring characters here and there, but that's for another, that's a discussion for another time. Yeah, they come up. They do. Mm. We do get a little bit of uh, playful Mulder tactics again, how he sort of uh, feigns ignorance about his, uh, about the UFO stuff. And actually, this is the first instance <laughs> of um, uh, Lake Okoboji, which will come up here and there again and again. Yeah. Weird deformities yeah. on people. Yeah. That kind well, of freaks was, you out. Well, that was uh that was heat burn from the from the right. flying saucer. Right, in the yeah. middle of the night. <laughs> mhm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then actually we get another rare uh occurrence of uh it, I think it was district uh different district head uh Scott Blevins back yeah. again. Mhm. Mm sort of still, you know, reminding Scully of her purpose to uh not to debunk the X-Files, but to debunk the X-Files. Yeah. At the very beginning, he's telling her, like, I'm going to deny this thing. And she's like, oh, just wait a second. Right. Because, I mean, she's down the rabbit hole at this point. Sure. You know, she's she wants to see where these things are going because she's seen things. Yeah. You know, she's beginning to believe. Right. And she's always going to, at the moment, have to take backseat for a while mm -hmm. for at least the whole first season because, um, yeah, that's a good point with Mulder. Like, he... Yeah. He knows how to extract information yeah. and feign ignorance and just kind of mm -hmm. jump in. Yeah. Um, well, the first season you can kind of categorize so far as the season of Mulder. Mm -hmm. Like Mulder is at yeah, the core the of this season. one. The mold, this is, this is kind of like the Mulder season. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can, I can agree. I think that Scully's season really along two for the ride. Is, is really more of a Scully oh, season. Well, I don't Holy want to get too cow. much into it. Yeah. But season two is, yeah, if you like Scully, then you'll want to uh, stick around for our season two coverage. Yeah. Scully's great. Stick around. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just yeah. love character transformation. I love like seeing the changes and. Oh yeah. It's always fun to like. Yeah, like, I won't project too much, but Mulder, like, we've talked about this before. He's older. He has his yeah. traumatic experience with his sister mm -hmm. that's going to drive him always. Yep. And I've also said this point before. He's very objective. He can be mm -hmm. super detached if he needs to be. So I think his character development is a little less, um, less significant than scullies okay um because or even just it's less intense you know you don't see as much change in him yeah i think you see some towards scully but um scully just seems to <laughs> she's a little bit of a hard ass <laughs> and she has to change Definitely. in order to like even deal with the x-files being a real thing at well, all her her ideals are so concrete and yeah. just grounded in factual evidence that it leads it leaves no possibility for the fantastical. Do you think you see more of yourself in Mulder? I personally do. Yeah. I I I mean I. They're good, pretty opposite characters. They so are. I feel like you usually identify with one or the other. You know. But it's like Mulder says. You know. I mean, in science, you ask an impertinent impertinent question to get a pertinent, pertinent answer. Answer. Yeah. You know, and. 
I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't rule out anything, you know, I mean, people will, you know, say to me, you know, it's like, Oh, don't you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I mean, I mean, yes, all evidence to the contrary, you know, that this case isn't true, but who's to say that it isn't always like that? You know, the kind of the analogy that I always give is, you know, like, yes, the air in my lungs isn't turning into gold right now, but I, anything can happen. You know, I mean, uh, from a Christian theological perspective, yeah, any, anything can happen, you know, minor, minor and major miracles mm-hmm. all abound yeah. sort of. So, which just, is insane. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say just because, just because it's never happened doesn't mean it could. The, the, the outlying chances are that it won't, which mm-hmm. is good. You mm-hmm. know, I, I like my lungs not being, you know, the air in my lungs not being replaced with gold. Yeah. That doesn't help anybody. Right. But I mean, I'm always kind of keeping keeping an eye out for strange, you know, yeah. happenings here and, and there. And it's funny that Scully has that Catholic background that she is. Mm-hmm. Well, that lapsed Catholic background. That's what, it, yeah, yeah, it is lapsed because her scientific approach or her, I mean, that's truly her God, unfortunately. Yeah. Is this like science proves everything science is the answer the end all be all um yeah so like but the catholic faith is never going to be able to um like she's not gonna be able to reconcile with that because good grief there's mm-hmm. too much of the mis- the mysterious and the fantastical the mystery of faith the mystery yeah so it sometimes makes me wonder how much she's even just like spiritually wrestling too you know yeah not not just working through her mental capacity but mm-hmm. like it is it is coming down to something deeper it would for anybody to open yourself up to something that seems unbelievable but like clearly th- that's a lapsed faith in mm-hmm. her it's just something in her background and yet she still wears that cross necklace yeah you know it's i mean we're we're in the middle of two complete character arcs you know i mean the these you know it's like it's a it tells a very human story where everybody's kind of constantly working on themselves yeah whether that's working on themselves for their own personal betterment or letting things fall the fall by the wayside yeah you know i mean Mm -hmm. even even not making a choice is making a choice right you know what i mean it is so um very interesting is there anything that you wanted to bring up for this particular episode hmm. any good pantsuits oh there was a good pants was suit. there one there was that awesome uh she wore the biggest jacket biggest <laughs> suit jacket i've ever seen her wear on the show i love thus her, far yeah i loved her brown plaid that had um but i'm I, talking I, about that green jacket yeah you're right it, you're was, right. Gigantic. it was gigantic it was like it was like molders except it wasn't yeah you know and if Mulder's i got to got go to work great... every day wearing pants like that <laughs> You know, like how many does yeah. she have? <laughs> yeah, you could. You could go to work every could. day wearing pantsuits. You would just be sitting around at home it's doing it. True. <laughs> remote point. working. Doing my remote work from home. That's what I do. In a pantsuit. In a pantsuit. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have anything and I don't have anything. You Yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you, out of five, what do you give this episode? Episode four, Conduit. I'll give it a, I know you said no halves. 
I prefer no halves because at that point we might as well just do out of 10. Yeah, I get it. It kind of just feels like a... I give it a three on like the execution side or the wow factor side, but on the practical, like mm-hmm. overarching quality of the quality episode. or like it, it fills a lot of things we need. Like I was actually really pretty captured by this, like, um, dry. You didn't even want to cover this episode. <laughs> yeah. I think like, I think the traumatic uh, experience that Mulder has being mm-hmm. carried forward really strongly in this one, I appreciated. Sure. Okay. So that makes me give that side of it, like the necessity of seeing that, I guess it pushes me more towards a four. You think four? Yeah. But I think if I, if I'm going to give you one, it's, it's three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, I mean, I understand where you're coming from for sure. And yeah. it is, I mean, we do need to see. Mulder's trauma to sort of flesh him out as a human being and not just a, you know, a machine that can only search for the truth. Yeah. I do get that from that perspective, but I mean, this episode at large doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah. I'm more inclined to be on the two or two side. I'm more inclined to give it a two. Mm -hmm. I can, I'll give it a three just because you do bring up a very valid point is that you do get to see Mulder's pain. I mean, this is torture for him not knowing what happened to his sister and to feel so connected to this specific case Mm -hmm. and to be shut down and to not get any more answers to not be able to question ruby anymore yeah it hurts and we see it we see that pain we see him in pain at the end right and scully has to be the one when the mom comes in to be like yeah you're right we are doing this prematurely we we will leave Mm -hmm. but Mulder's never thinking about how this is affecting people in real time, you know? Yeah. And that's something really sweet about him. I, and it's a funny word to say, but like, I really see this like care that he has for people mm-hmm. that could be misunderstood Yeah, because it's not just his agenda for his sister. You know, sometimes he's just pressing into something because he knows the outcome is what's best and what's best for the person too. Yeah. But Timing is not always awesome. Timing is everything. <laughs> Timing's not his thing. No, he and Scully's the... always got that on her barometer, which is really funny. He's got questions and he needs answers. Yep. He needs right to know now. Every you know, it all comes back down to the two so, main theses: I want to believe and I need to know. Yeah, he needs to figure this. He needs. He's got a an imperative need. That's his hero's journey is to find the truth. And yeah, he needs to know. Right. I think I feel comfortable with the three. Yeah. Three's fine. I can say three. <laughs> we can settle we on yeah. three. We sure, don't sure. need to yeah, we don't need to always agree, but I, I definitely you raise a very good point that we do yeah. get to see uh some character building yeah. on the Mulder side, mm-hmm. which is nice. I, is. I like Mulder as a character. I like I like both of them. I like Mulder and Scully as characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just as I said, I think you get more of it with Scully, so Yeah. It's just the way it is. It is just the way it is. It yeah. is what it is. <laughs> But well, that's uh, that's episode four that's episode wrapped up four. in a nice little uh, package there. You know what I just recognized is that neither of them ever like have a drink together. Like they go to bars to investigate. They go to this bar yeah. to talk to this motorcyclist. Can they just drink something, please? <laughs> like, wouldn't that be nice if they could kind of unwind a little bit? Yeah, like, I mean, they're both kind of wound. I mean, they're always yeah. on business. And I'm just like, come on. Yeah. Just one. 
Right. Well, you, well, you know, and you got to wonder, I mean, how much, I mean, as FBI agents, you know, I'd love, uh, I'd love if there are any FBI agents who listen to this podcast. Sort oh, of, uh, I'd love to know what is to required. call in and yeah. Be like, are you on call yeah, when 24 you're on, seven? Like, are you not able to just have a drink what and relax? If by getting a drink, like in that moment, what if he was undercover? You know, what if he didn't show his badge and was just talking to this guy? Mm-hmm. I don't know at what point you have to show your badge. That's something I would love to know because I know there's those times in, in uh, subsequent episodes yeah. where it's kind of like, I, you know, we got to yeah. identify ourselves. Yeah. But it is interesting to think about well, just kind of being into in a there. Bi- yeah, when you walk into a biker bar in Sioux <laughs> City looking a like a total suit. haircut. <laughs> looking you, like a total haircut. When you walk into a bar in Sioux City <laughs> looking haircut. like a haircut, then yeah, people are going to be like, what are you doing in oh, this biker bar mr haircut and mrs pantsuit yeah this is their you yeah. know so anybody's gonna be suspicious you know you're either a government agent or a hitman at well that clearly point. they weren't trying to be undercover in this episode no, they weren't. i don't want to see that though i really do i hope that comes have just a nice drink together Mulder not and just Scully. the drink but can, i want to see some undercover action don't fbi uh, agents have to do that I think you have to be assigned to a specific come unit, on, undercover, undercover unit. Mm-hmm. Since when does Mulder care about those rules? Just go <laughs> undercover, put on your gym shorts and go to the Just gym. Just go to the gym, you know, <laughs> hey buddy, on the, you know, you see Talking any, Talking to uh, the guy on the treadmill. Hey, you, you know, you're on the Stairmaster there. Do you see any aliens around here? <laughs> He's not snarling. No. He's sneezing. <laughs> How would I feel if somebody... You know, came in this gym and busted my ass while I'm on a treadmill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> this is all tying back into the Men in Black episode of I Sci-Fi Cross Sections. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. That's no, funny. for sure. Well, this was a this was a fun episode to get to talk to you a little bit. I think uh, we've decided the on the format, and that's just to give the episode to to cover every episode, but to give it the the space it needs. Yeah, whatever that. So longer, space. shorter. I mean. I think for season finales, especially having just watched the season finale for uh, two, mm-hmm. that's going to require that's a that's a two parter in and yeah. of itself. Let if alone you've the cliffhangers. If you're listening to any of these like podcasts of ours, you've got to get yourself into season two. Don't quit. Yeah, just race ahead. Do what you honestly. Do. I mean, you can you know listen with us and listen <laughs> to these episodes, to but you it's gotta gold. go. I mean, it gets season two and three get good yeah i I don't uh, mind saying that right now no for sure uh but i'm having a lot of fun doing Mm -hmm. this i'm having a lot of fun watching this show with you it's great so excellent i feel like we kind of disciplined our bodies in this moment to watch episode four and record this podcast not because we don't want to record one but because we are so eager to watch the next episode of where we're at in season two uh, so you're welcome more episodes (laughs) now we're in season three I love it. We're in season three. Yeah, we're in season three now. I knew that. Enough cliffhangers. Enough. All right. Well, this has been great. This has been great. Well, keep watching the skies.